The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. This is John Silver, lead recruiter of The Dark Order, and you are listening to All Things Elite. Welcome to the 195th episode of Social Suplex's podcast about AEW with the proclivity for positivity. Welcome to All Things Elite. My name is Austin Sumwitz. I am the host of this lovely show. And joining with me, as always, is my good buddy and friend, Floyd Johnson Jr. My man, how are you doing? Dude, they say it's my birthday. Happy birthday to me. Well, today today is not my birthday. When you listen to this show, it will be the day before my birthday, which is June 9th. But uh, I am now off of work for the my birthday weekend, so I'm doing fantastic. Uh, I'm talking about, like, uh, the gifts have been great. And this is going to... I'm telling you something. I didn't think about this until yesterday. I uh, and this made me come when I was think talking to uh, my good friend Jackie. She inspired this, and I was like, "Dude, so I am uh, I am often you've heard me go off on this rant before. If you're friends with me and you've talked to me more than ten minutes, you've heard me go off on a rant because often I get to go to a lot of wrestling things, and I am I I am fortunate enough to be able to do that. But a lot of people be like, "Man, you're so lucky.'" that you get to go and it's almost offensive because if you don't know when i'm not here talking on the show and i'm not at shows austin will tell you i'm working yes i work 70 80 hours a week so i can go to the shows that i go to so when you say you're lucky you know it's my oversensitive nature or whatever in some in certain cases that i always feel like you're saying oh Somehow this kind of fell into your lap. And I'm like, no, I do this shit on purpose. I work hard. So no, no luck. But then, yes, you know, then uh, when, what was it? I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday. I actually don't remember when I get the gifts because my days kind of blend in together working overnights. Uh, I got my gift from Jackie and she hadn't told me what it was. She said it was going to be a surprise. And so last year I talk about last year being the best birthday I ever had. And I doubt anything ever touches it my wife accepts it and respects it i'm just like on a on a just a level and like just me saying it last year i got to watch my favorite tag team wrestle uh and drink with them and talk with them on my birthday and two 
if you know me, my favorite wrestler of all time is Arn Anderson, and I got to see him on my birthday. So when you talk about my favorite wrestlers of all time, I probably got to see three of my all-time favorite wrestlers, like top five all-time to ever do it, to ever lace it up on the same day on my birthday. That had never happened before. And I actually got to talk to him, hang out with him a little while. And I've got a bunch of pictures to signify, uh, uh, a bunch of pictures to, you know, commemorate the day. And then I have the bottle that everybody has seen me post as far as well. Well, Jackie, uh, my picture on the back of my phone is the picture I took with Jackie and FTR. It's me, Dax, and Dax is holding the tequila bottle and it has his hug on it in a loving embrace. Well, Jackie had that uh, picture immortalized into a cartoon. I think it's called, like, the artist called Chibi. C-H-I-V. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it. C-H-I-V-I. I'm, I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly. If I'm not, I am so sorry. From the amazing D underscore Topla on Twitter. Uh, she's the one that did my FTR and Bret Hart picture. Well, she did a picture of it. It's me, Dax, Cash, and Jackie. And, and this gift was amazing. It's like, I love when people put actual thought in the gifts because I do. When I want something, I buy it for myself. Well, they definitely, uh, she put, definitely put thought into this gift and it's, it was amazing. I was taken aback. I was breathed taken i posted it everywhere because how much i love the gift and i had this thought inspired by jackie like you know what i'm okay with people calling me lucky now and and, and it has nothing to do with the work or the shows that i go to and austin you sydney your family is included this included in this when i say this i am very lucky to have the friends and family that i have because oh, man. you don't work for that. You don't, I don't, you know, put in any effort. I'm just go to shows and I talk to people and all that stuff. And the people that have chosen to be around me, chosen to spend their lives with me, talk, you choose to talk to me and spend an hour or two with me every week, social suplex podcast network who took me in, not knowing me. I met, Jeremy and I, I I met Jeremy and uh young boy Josh at all in. I literally met them that day. And I mean and them and Rich and James and all of them have taken me in like family and all my wrestling groups have taken me in like like family and you y'all treat me like family and it's like yeah, I'm very lucky to have the people that I have in my life. I am fortunate. I've done no work for it. It's just kind of happened. And in that case, I will I will take luck all day because the, the, the people I have around me are like the best people on earth. And I have no easy way to say that. I have been fortunate on a whole lot of levels for a long time. When you're a wrestling fan or whatever, I am very outgoing. I talk to everybody. But as a wrestling fan, when you're a wrestling fan, this you're kind of in this niche world. And you don't necessarily always fit in. But I am not more comfortable than I am when I'm around the people that I've met through wrestling and at shows and at events. And then a lot of people started off as just wrestling fans but have really have become family that I could feel like I could go through and talk to about anything. So 
I thank you all on my birthday. As uh, you know, I've gotten a lot of gifts, but y'all are all the all of you. The presence in my life is a gift, and I thank you all. That anybody that hears this, and you know me, and I'm thanking you. And if I didn't say your name, I apologize. I, I you know, I'm kind of. It's a kind of emotional moment, so maybe I forgot a name, but you're all included. Yeah, man, we we appreciate the hell out of you. I'm I'm excited to hear how your birthday goes, man. And yeah, bro, like <clears throat> the people that I met in wrestling, like that are friends, like nah, man, like it it extends that. It's so much more of a family thing. Like when you, when me, when Sydney, when Jared, when all of our guys, like Jr., everybody gets together, dude. It's it's like catching up with family, dude. That's what it is. So I'm right there with you, man. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm super happy for you. Um, just to give an idea though, because I wanted to tell this actually on the on the podcast, getting a little off topic, because um, we joke about that. Like I said, you're a very lucky person. Um, you're having an amazing time uh, getting ready for your birthday. Um, I, on the other hand, had quite the interesting Wednesday night as I um, had to watch Dynamite actually the day after it aired. Because uh, we got ended up getting free tickets to go see uh, Paramore at uh, Little Caesars Arena in Detroit. One of Cindy's co-workers had free tickets. She won on the radio, but she couldn't go. So we got free tickets. Um, start to the day. Only problem is when we were about 10 minutes from getting off the expressway uh, to get into downtown Detroit. Um, I somewhere along the line just got on my back on my driver rear side tire, a chunk of metal in my tire. And I just can see my PSA, my, my PSI on my, uh, my dashboard saying like 20 PSI, 19 PSI, 18 PSI. It just like the slow count, like a quick countdown basically of like, you're running out of air on your tire. And I'm like, well, fucking amazing. So we were able to get off the expressway safely and get into our parking garage where we're at for the show. I have to call our insurance to try to get it set up. And I'm like, is there any way we can get this scheduled after the concert? Because we have a show that we're going to. And they're like, oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm inside LCA and they're calling me like, hey, we're about like 15 minutes away. I'm like, I said we were going to schedule this after the concert. And he's like, okay, well, then you're going to have to cancel this and then we'll have to do it again when you get out of the show. We get out of the show. First of all, Paramore was amazing. Miss Haley Williams is a legend. Um, Love Paramore. They did outstanding work. We get out of the show and I call and the closest amount of time that they can give us for someone to come and help me change a tire because I had a spare, but I'm a dumb, stupid idiot. I don't know how to change a tire. I'm I'm sorry. I'm I am very much sheltered, uh, but I didn't know how to change a tire. And the quickest they could get somebody to come out to change a tire was about an hour. And then the person that they called that were going to come and change our tire canceled. And then we were basically just stuck for a little while. Eventually, someone comes out, changes our tire. We're able to get back at like 1.30 in the morning or so, so relatively late. Um, so I had to watch Dynamite the next day, though. But yeah, it was, it was an interesting time frame because the show was amazing. But losing my tire like that just like sucked. Detroit roads, dude, the absolute worst. You will not find worse roads in this country than in Detroit, Michigan. They suck so much. Yes, um, uh, I have, as a person that has drawn many, many, and bought many, many cash cars in my life, and many, many uh, partially used 
with tires, I have definitely dealt with tires, and I, I pretty much had to know how to change a tire because I didn't always have AAA, but I remember as soon as, you know, I got a good job and started making good money, the first thing I got was AAA, and then I think I get it with my insurance anyway, but I still, I still uh, definitely have it, but I do know how to change a tire because, I, honestly, mine came from impatience. I don't like waiting, so I learned how to tire. tire I mean, do it. I'll probably, I'm probably going to teach myself as soon as humanly possible because, yeah, like I said, I don't want that to happen again. Yes, because like what I found out is even if you have the all that, you still have to wait for them to get ready. Exactly. And, and honestly, most and the average person can change a tire, you know, with the correct jack and equipment. You can change it in about 15 minutes, and you know, and that's saying average person. I know there's mechanics and super fast people out there and like i can do it in five cool cool great i it takes me about 10 15 minutes but i get it done and that's all that matters and then i'm back on the road so yeah that does suck that does suck but you got to see Haley. i uh, got to see Haley, miss williams if you're nasty my friend steve is a huge again met through wrestling actually I, I can give a shout out to Steve. I met Steve and my friend Glenn, who I'm actually going to see this weekend while I'm at Dallas Fan Expo. I met them seven years ago. Like, I think it was two days ago, June 6th. It was seven years ago. So I met them through wrestling, standing in line to meet Sasha Banks and Becky Lynch at a Cricket Wireless. That's where I met <laughs> my friends. And uh, it was funny. We became friends that year. And the next year, starting in January, for the first time in my life, we went to uh, we went to all four of the big pay-per-views, and we went to them all together. We actually have a shirt with all four of those pay-per-views saying we went we did the the big four in 2017. So, uh, yeah, like we like I met them in June, and by January we were like traveling together. So it's kind of crazy. And we the my most epic wrestling trip, the the one I, my story of legend. I uh we we the the fourth one was the, you know SummerSlam. It was in New York, it was in Brooklyn, and plane tickets were stupid expensive. So I realized to basically to rent a car and the gas was less than it cost for one car uh, one ticket, but you're going to have to put in the time. So I drove from Oklahoma City, picked up a friend in Dallas and then went to Houston and picked up Stephen Glee and then we drove to Brooklyn and then we did it backwards. So for me it was 24 hours from Houston so it was a, I was on the road 32 hours each way to go to uh SummerSlam and NXT take uh, NXT takeover. I believe that's the one where the undisputed era uh debuted. We were, we were oh the Brooklyn Three, yeah Brooklyn Three. We were at that show. And we were too. Yeah, so we went to that show in New York. So see, like, and it's so funny when it comes to wrestling. I, I, that's what I found out. Me and Jay, uh, me and uh, Jr. Uh, frequent collaborator Jr. Uh, we R.I.P. to Mr. Iron Sheik, uh, who passed away uh, yesterday. Um, uh, we both pushed our pictures of the Iron Sheik up, and it was from the same show. And by that time, I that's when I met and hung out. Well, I had met Sydney before, but that's when I really hung out with you for the first time. And we met Shawn Michaels yeah. together at that show. So it's uh, it's like 
you know what's so funny? My memory sucks in general, but I can generally tell you when I met everyone I've met. Right. And it's so weird. Like, you asked me what I had for lunch yesterday. No clue. No clue. But I can tell you, like, oh, yeah, me, Austin, Sydney stood in line to meet Shawn Michaels and blah, blah, blah. I can tell you that kind of stuff. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's just weird how it all wraps up together kind of thing. And I also met my for wife. Sure. I met my wife the same year I met Stephen Glee. That's pretty awesome, honestly. <laughs> yeah, so. It works out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But we got a lot to get into, obviously. We did not have a show last week. Uh, Floyd was not feeling too well. I wasn't. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but it's all good. So we are able to do a show right now. Um, we had a lot to talk about. And some of you who follow me on Twitter know exactly what this show is going to be like. So get your popcorn, get yourself ready, because y'all, y'all ain't prepared. Uh, we're going to get into it all. But first... Make sure you guys are downloading this fine show on Google or Apple Podcasts. If you listen to us on Spotify, wherever you choose to listen to us, give us a share with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you wish. Make sure you follow us and subscribe so you don't miss a single episode and leave a rating and a review. Easy way for you guys to follow us as well is checking us out on Twitter at Pod At Social Suplex, those guys make this show possible, so check out all the other shows that they have on their network as well. I am at Austin Sumowitz, S-Z-U-M-O-W-I-C-Z. Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. Now, the news of the week. Carry over from what our news of the week would have been last week if we had a show. Last week, Tony Khan made it official. He wanted to make another announcement about the debut of Collision on Saturday nights at the United Center is where the first episode takes place. And he said, it will feature CM Punk. We'll talk about the crowd a little bit later. But that was the big news. It was officially confirmed, CM Punk on Collision. They started naming a bunch of other Collision shows that he was going to be at. But last night on Dynamite, on Wednesday night this week, we got the word of what the first ever AEW Collision main event was going to be. And there were some reports of what it could be, and it got my fandom brain going crazy. The first main event for AEW Collision at the United Center will be a trios match. Bullet Club Gold, Jay White and Juice Robinson, and Samoa Joe face off against CMFTR. You just, you just won in me and Floyd's book. That's all you needed to do. CMFTR. First moment that CM Punk gets back in AEW. And CMFTR. We finally get a legitimate match with this team. Because unfortunately, the only match we got with CMFTR, Punk got hurt. And that's when, you know, the chain of events started happening where he had to, re- he had to go off a of TV because of his injured foot. This time, we get CMFTR. And we get the continuation of the Bullet Club Gold storyline, which it was being reported that CM Punk was very interested in working with Jay White. But also, as a CM Punk fan, you put CM Punk and Samoa Joe back in a ring together. Let's fucking go. One of the best rivalries Punk has ever had in the history of his career. Him and Samoa Joe, their classic 
time limit draws that they had at Ring of Honor. And now I get to see those two in a ring together again. I have said this on Twitter. I've said this on social media. Because I, I saw the crowd reaction when he was first announced last week. I saw the crowd reaction. I heard the booze. And, yo, that's fine. Like I said, I've always understood why people don't like him. But I do not care. This is all I've ever wanted. This is for me. This is for me and Floyd. CMFTR is going to be wrestling. This is for me. I do not care if this bothers you. I do not care if you do not like this. You can feel free not to. You have your own life. You have your own mindset. You have your own opinion about CM Punk. I'm not asking you to change your beliefs. I'm not asking you to change the way you think about wrestling. I'm not asking that. What I'm asking you is to kindly shut up and let me enjoy the wrestling. Let me enjoy the best in the world. Let me enjoy CM Punk back in AEW, teaming with one of the best tag teams, if not the best tag team in wrestling today. Let me enjoy this. Because this is for me. This is for me. Floyd, we got it. We got what we want. CMFTR. Yes, so this means collision was clearly made for the revival. And if you take those letters, what do you get? CMFTR. Come on, baby. Let's go. This is, uh, yeah. I was on the fence. I, I'm putting a lot into going to all in. I'm putting a lot of my resources, all my time into going to all in. And I was like, yeah, I got I to skip some shows. Forbidden Door was, I didn't make all the effort to uh, go that because I couldn't go. Passport situations. And just and I was going on the tw- I'm going on the 21st to Chicago to hang with Tyler for his birthday. So I was like, they announced Punk for the 17th, and I was like, oh, I'm not gonna be able to go. I even talked to Tyler. I was like, dude, come on, can we move the 21st to the 17th? He was like, he he has to work. I mean, he's 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 adult, and you know, gotta work. So that that was like crazy, and I was like, well, I guess I'm gonna have to miss the 17th. And and I was like, even even speculating that it was gonna be FTR versus Juice and Juice and Switchblade. That's what I thought it was gonna be, FTR versus Juice Switchblade for the tag belts, because I assumed CM Punk wasn't gonna wrestle, right? And I was like, I still was like, I wanna go, and. Uh, they did CMFTR, and I messaged my wife. I was like, you know that show I said I might not go to? I'm going to it. And I put out a few messages, and she was like, and then she got up this morning, what show are you talking about? I was like, you remember Collision on the 17th? She was like, yeah. She's like, what did they announce? And I was like, CMFTR. And she's like, oh, so you're going. And it was like, oh, she was like, no doubt, because I've been putting those letters together since Punk left. That like I can't care about anything else. I mean, I don't pick a side in this battle. I mean, I jokingly, I really do. It's jokingly pick a side. I love the elite. I love CMFTR. I love both sides of this war, quote unquote. So when you tell me that three of my favorite, three of my favorite wrestlers, like, uh, are going to 
uh, be at uh, in the main event of the first show ever. And I have been, in, again, talk about fortunate. I've been fortunate enough to go to the first AEW show, period. I was at the first Dynamite, which guess what that means? I was at the first Dark. I was all, all pretty much, and I was at the second Rampage. And now I get the ability to be at the first collision with CM Punk in the first time CMFTR are main eventing as a tag team. So this is crazy. It, this is like their main eventing on the show that was, from what I understand, kind of made for them. And they're going to be featured in Punk's hometown of Chicago. I can't care. Like, in this case, I can't care what everybody thinks. I can't care if you like CM Punk. I can't. I can't care if you like FTR. And it's so funny how many people, how much FTR hate has been made just because they're associated with CM Punk, right? Mm -hmm. They haven't really even come out on anything and ever saying they agree with CM Punk. They have never said that. They've never said, hey, I agree with the Young Bucks. But somehow, it's FTR and CM Punk, which, which is fine because they like each other. And I'm really looking forward to the show. I put out my Twitter post. You listen to this. Uh, you can check out my Twitter or whatever. You'll see my uh, my little socials on there. If you want to bless me on my birthday, go ahead and do that. I don't care. It could be a dollar. I don't care. A dollar is a dollar more than I had. And if you can't do anything, I completely understand. Just hope for me. Because, because of all the wrestling stuff I do, I understand this is a problem I have made. I am not asking you like anybody. I'm not not saying woe is me. I make really good money, but I also make terrible decisions. <laughs> and I don't ever say no to literally anything. I see it and I want it. I get it. So I don't say no. So occasionally, you know, if someone wants to throw me a little help, I appreciate it. Understand that. But I'm not like saying I'm over here eating rice and beans. Your boy eats good. You know, your boy has a good life. So it's just, hey, if you can take some of the stress off me by uh, donating, I would greatly appreciate that as I make this trip, un unscheduled trip to Chicago. Because if you know this about me in Austin, we bought the tickets to the 21st, assuming that was the show CM Punk was going to be on. So it wasn't like we didn't plan on being at the CM Punk show. This was always the plan. It's just the plan has uh, gotten adjusted. So I'm excited. I've heard the boos. Cool. Boo, cheer, whatever. Hate, love, it's all the same. Yes, I am saying a CM Punk line to defend yes. CM Punk. It's all the same. Do what you want to do. But you understand, Punk is coming. FTR is coming with them. And people are going to bleed. That's what's going to happen. And, uh... And it's funny because, you know, the three people that are wrestling, if, you know, so they're like a second tier of favorite wrestlers, right? Jay White and Samoa Joe would be in that second tier. I I love the way Jay White wrestles. I love Samoa Joe's promo and his wrestling style. Not a biggest fan of Juice Robinson. You know, he's kind of, to me, there. I've never really, you know, like, I've never really, like, imprinted or loved on him. It's just... He's, right. He's there. I, I, he's, I understand he's a really good wrestler. He's a big old dude. 
if you like when you talk about TV not showing you how big someone is, mm-hmm. Juice Robinson is very much in that. It's like you see Juice on TV and he kind of looks like, oh yeah. Then you see him in real life and you like, yeah, I'm not gonna mess with that dude. He's a pretty big old boy. Oh so, yeah. So yeah. So you got a three on three. Uh, a nice nice feature, and I'm really looking forward to being there for it. And and fortunately, uh, I gotta say, gotta shout out somebody else. Cause I've been throwing a lot of shout outs, and it's my birthday week, so I am gonna throw a few more shout outs. Now look, but my guy Jeremy. Now Jeremy and me were at the first dance together. He actually bought us upgraded seats, and the reason we were in the spot that we were in when CM Punk jumped into the crowd is because of Jeremy unexpected upgrade well jeremy unfortunately the biggest cm punk fan i know not even close has the cm punk tattooed cm punk tattoos on his hands i i don't think this man will mind me saying he literally cried when cm punk came out this this dude was he was in it right Mm -hmm. and so he can't make it to this show unfortunately um life happens but because of that i got a fourth row seat to it and I would again. So this for the second time in Chicago in the United Center, Jeremy has provided my ticket to the show. Unreal. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of crazy. Yeah, that's unbelievable, <laughs> dude. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be amazing. Yeah, that's what I talk it's... talk about wrestling family, dude. You're absolutely. Pretty, yeah, he's definitely included in that because, like I said, it's just. Dude, I, I yeah, I, I I started looking at tickets last night and I saw some good ones, but it, you know, and I have made it my mission to I've started sitting farther away to save money. You know, you know, I've discussed that sure, before. Sure. And it was like, but you know, punk's coming. It's gonna be on the floor. I need to be on the floor, right? And he's like, Oh, mm-hmm. I got a fourth row seat for you. I'm like, I guess it's meant to be. I guess so, man. Like I I'm because I officially am, as of right now, I am not uh, going to going to uh, either show the Dynamite in at the Wintrust Arena or uh, Collision in Chicago. I, I so bad. Right. I don't know if it's going to be humanly possible for me to find tickets in time. Uh, and at the same time, like I said, I'm still trying to get Collision. I mean, I'm still trying to get Forbidden Door tickets. That for sure is like I have to be there after the announcements kenny omega will osprey after the announcements of Dan- brian danielson and kazuchika okada after the reports and the rumors that we could very well be getting finally cm punk versus kenta gts versus gts like i need to be at that forbidden door show so i want to be at both I don't know if it's going to be possible. I will throw this out there. If hey, I have a certain number I need. I'm not going to say what the number it is. Certain number I need to make Chicago happens, which is actually way lower than probably anybody would think. I'm really good at traveling at a discount. Whatever I get more than that, it's going to Austin, going to Ford Forbidden Door. That simple. Appreciate you, dog. I really do. <laughs> I really, really do. Um, but yes, y'all. It's it's the best timeline. We're in the best timeline right now. I can't tell you, you like, Punk. like 2017 for me was an incredible year to be a wrestling fan. I believe that's when uh, I believe that's when 
Dominion happened with Kenny Omega and Kusuchi I'm pretty and, sure it did. Right? I'm pretty and, sure, yeah. No, it was I don't remember like I don't remember, but like that 2017 where I was just discovering like New Japan and really getting into the Young Bucks and NXT was really hot and WWE actually was it wasn't great, but it was actually really good at the time. It was a very good time for me to be a wrestling fan, and I honestly can say, man. The first one yeah, between, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, 2017, I believe, was the one where we got uh, the one at Wrestle Kingdom 11. Okay, so I guess uh, like it's 2018. Was 2018 when we, was when we had the Dominion match. And that was all in, too, right? Uh, yeah, that, that, that was... Uh, that was yeah. That was that twenty. That was Ford. Was that was all in weekend too? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So twenty eighteen is the year I'm talking about. Yes. I had like one of the best wrestling years of my life. Like seriously, the, the amount of wrestling I saw in that year, that probably would have been number one. But good lord, twenty twenty three is bringing it. Twenty twenty three is bringing it. I, I mean, and it's it is great because it happens to be the people that I appreciate and love as a wrestler. That I was the same people I was loving in 2018 are now featured now in 2023. It's like FTR is the featured tag team in a major company, right? CM Punk, mm-hmm. who I thought wasn't going to ever wrestle again, is that you got Kenny Omega, you got Cody being featured in the WWE. For me personally, as in my wrestling taste, like all of my favorites are being featured right now. So that's kind yeah. of that's kind of a cool time to be, you know, like a wrestling fan. Absolutely, dude. I'm like so I'm so stoked about it for real. Um, so well, like I said, hopefully I'll be able to make at least one of those shows. Um, but regardless of the fact, I get my favorite wrestler back on television, and I get him teaming with one of my favorite tag teams ever, FTR. CMFTR is back, and. I will say this lastly to close things out on this before we get into the dynamite review. Like Floyd said, dude, I'm you can call me taking sides or whatnot, though. I don't care about these people's beef. I don't care anymore. So many people do, and so many people care about these people that they don't know and that they are not friends with or they don't have actual legitimate personal relationships with. So many people care about their beef. They're like legitimate beef. I don't. All I care about is how this leads to them getting in a ring. That is all I care about because that's the only one that affects – that's how, the only thing that affects me is if they get in a ring and wrestle for my entertainment. That is the only thing I care about. Whatever problems they got with each other, sort it out yourselves. I don't care because I want to see CM Punk wrestle. That's all I want. Dude. I don't care anymore about anything else so if you do your priorities are in the absolute wrong place because this does not affect you the only thing that it affects is if we see these people wrestle on television and if we don't then sure i'll have a problem with it because i'll be like come on guys let's let's get this shit squashed or just get over it so we can see this match happen and get this feud rolling otherwise shove it i don't care just get in the ring and fake fight. That's all I care now. If you still care about their beef, your your priorities are in the wrong place. Dude, yeah, I mean, this is a form of entertainment, and I just want to be entertained. 
And like I said, if you you care about the other stuff, I I, I will say that's your business. I, you know what? That's your business. You can like or dislike people for whatever reason you want to. I literally show up to watch wrestling. That's what I do. I show up to watch wrestling. And um, the, fortunately, the six people that apparently, without me saying it, have beef with each other or whatever, happen to be the six six of the best in the world at what they do. You know what I mean? So it's like, I'm not going to choose that there's half a wrestling I'm not going to watch based on an argument that has no effect on me. I'm going to watch both yeah. shows. <laughs> like, I'm going to watch it and I'm going to be entertained both times. I'm going to watch Kenny Omega in his war against uh, Kanosuke Takeshita, one of my new favorites. I'm going to watch the Young Bucks do their thing. I'm going to watch FTR fight Bullet Club Gold. I'm going to watch wrestling because I enjoy wrestling. And I think people forget at the core that's what we're supposed to be doing is just enjoying wrestling. I am not a just watch the show person. I believe in passion and I believe in being a fanatic. I understand I've gotten many arguments how the word fan actually means something, that you are a fanatic. It means something. Many arguments about it. So, yes, I do, you know, care about how how they pick their music and who inspired them to become a wrestler and who likes who and who loves that. I love sure. all that shit. But I, it becomes a problem when it's you start letting it affect how you enjoy wrestling. Because if that's the case, maybe you back away from the other stuff and just watch the show. And that's me saying it for your benefit. Not for the wrestler's benefit, for anybody. For your benefit. I want you to be as happy as possible while you're enjoying the product. Because I know people get caught up in that other side of it. And they say, and they say, oh, I'm so sick of it. I can't even watch the show because, you know, I'm tired of hearing about CM Punk and their beef. I can't watch the show. Oh, my God. And I'm like, well, maybe you should back away. <laughs> maybe, maybe, like, like literally. Because you can't change whether people have a problem with each other, but you can change how much of it you consume. Again, your only commodity in entertainment is your money and your time. If something that you're giving your time to is causing you that much stress and anxiety where it's making you not enjoy it, maybe back away for a little bit. That's all I'm saying. It's just little, uh, uh, a, a little advice from... You're super happy, Uncle Floyd. Yeah, that's that is pretty much it, honestly. So, yeah, I I really don't got much else I got to say on that matter. But let's get into AEW Dynamite taking place from Colorado Springs, Colorado. Um, big show. We opened up with an AEW International Championship match, freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy versus Swerve Strickland. The near falls. The near falls. The near falls. My goodness these guys threw everything at each other and they just like so many near falls got the crowd in a tizzy from jump street fight forever chance already being heard uh from this first match they did great like i said swerve strickland outstanding wrestler orange cassidy continuing just to show the welts that these international championship matches have been putting on his body 
still able to survive, but we're just waiting for that one where it's like, you know, he's not going to be able to survive them all for long. And we know one of these guys are going to just knock him off and because he, he's got too much he's got too much miles on him right now. Dude needs to take a break and hold on to that title, take a little bit of MJF logic and protect himself a little bit. You know, it's okay to have a couple months in between matches. Like, boxers do it. UFC fighters do it. OC, you might want to take a breather. Or else that title ain't going to be around your waist for quite some time. But this match was unreal. The 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 bump that Orange Cassidy took on the apron from the Death Valley driver was rough. The DDT that he did jumping off the apron onto the floor, onto uh, Sword of Strickland, was wild. Um, outstanding match. Orange Cassidy, even though Swerve kicked out of a beach break and an orange punch, was able to roll him up and get him with, actually, as he also tried to go after the tights as well, um, while his hand was still in pain, he still gets the victory. Uh, the Mogul Embassy would then proceed to come down and beat up Orange Cassidy. The, the crowd and the uh, arena goes black, and then the lights come on. The ring is empty, and it's Sting and Darby Allen who have chased off the Mogul Embassy. Um, so continuing to have, uh, OC's back in that regard, uh, is awesome. Uh, really, really great opening to dynamite. Just some great work. Um, hot take. I got a hot take. Spicy Ooh. hot take right now, June 8th, 2023. I guess it'll at least go to June 14th, 2023. Orange Cassidy versus Swerve. Was my dynamite match of the year so far? Wow! I mean, dude, it was outstanding. Like I said, I, I understand why that would be the case. Yeah, it was, dude. It was so freaking good. They legit had me three times in the match. Yeah, Wait. I was, I was <laughs> stunned how many near falls they got me with. Yeah, like legit had me when he kicked him in the head and then hit the double stump. I was like, oh, Swerve's the new champ. Boom! He kicks out. I'm like, what the? Oh my god, and and I'm very much of the opinion that Swerve should have won this match, but you know I'm not gonna argue. This match, yeah, I'm like this match is yeah my dynamite match of the year so far. It is, and I don't think it's relatively close. Like I've seen some great matches on Dynamite this year. Don't get me wrong, but right. man, this is the match where it was like I watched the show. We were talking to Jr. and he went to bed, and I I. I I fired it up again. And that's how good that match was. I like, and it wasn't like, oh, I don't remember what happened. It was like, I just want to watch it again. And I don't do that a lot. I, I, I don't uh, do that a lot. But yeah, I, o OC versus Swerve, my dynamite match of the year, very clearly to me. And yeah, uh, put, me, put me in a building anytime those two are wrestling. Uh, Swerve is like, He's one of those people that I just think he has everything, everything, you know, like, right. He has the villain look, the, the mic, the presence, all that stuff. And then Orange Cassidy, man, he proved it to me. Like he has proved to me he could wrestle in the past. Right. But the match last year against Will Ospreay around the same time of the year at the Forbidden Door to me was like done. This man is one of this man's an amazing wrestler. This is not a gimmick anymore. He he works his character into the match, but when it when push comes to shove, 
this man can wrestle on another level. And oh, last yeah. ni- last night was just a straight wrestling match where he was selling that he was tired and injured and that he would do anything to keep the belt. And in the end, Orange Cassidy, the ultimate good guy, you know, the thumbs up guy, I don't care about anything, cared so much about winning the title. He cheated to beat Swerve. Now, was he just, you know, retaliating from the uh, earlier cheating? Absolutely. But he cheated to beat Swerve. And it's like, that was such a big moment, such a storytelling moment. And it's like, if it didn't hit you, how big of a moment it is. This dude's been in Best Friends. He's been like the white, white medias, white beat baby face of them all. That dude wrestles. And he is becoming, keeping the title, he is becoming more and more desperate. More and more willing to do anything to keep the championship. He is he has found something that he absolutely cares about more than anything else. Yeah, seems that way. Um, and I'm super excited about it. Um, Brian Danielson came down to the bo- broadcast booth, mentioned the Okada match that was confirmed, and then we had the trios match between the Blackpool Combat Club and Chaos, Trent Beretta, Chuck Taylor, best friends, and Rocky Romero, uh, facing off against Claudio. Wheeler Yuta and John Moxley. Um, really, really good stuff. Um, I love how much good stuff uh, Best Friends and Rapungi Vice and all the stuff they were able to get in. Um, I knew they weren't going to win this match. BCC is way too hot. Um, but I got to say, dude, I just love seeing uh, Trent and Chuck in, in that spot, dude. Because like, out of the AEW OGs like, and stuff like that, I love seeing the Best Friends be able to do stuff because I love those guys. Uh, I know there's a way to look it up, but they've gotten beat up by the Blackpool Combat Club a lot. And just one of these weeks, maybe it's a while from now, I would like to see them come out on top. Not necessarily win the match, but maybe leave the Blackpool Combat Club laying once. Like when they aggressively or like chase that, yeah, or chase them away or something like that. Yeah. Like when they aggressively jumped them at the beginning, uh, I was like, oh my God. Thank you for telling a different story. Thank you for doing this differently, yes. other than the BCC just beating the shit out of them. But yeah, yeah. no. So no, I, thankfully I, I they really, were able to get their stuff in this match, which yeah. I appreciated. Not, yeah, I really not, not, this not match. to say they didn't get killed. Like the freaking unbelievable freaking uppercut that was given by Claudio to uh, I believe it was a uh, yeah I believe it was Trent. Trent got rot by that uppercut when he dove to the outside towards Claudio. I thought that man was dead. I was like, oh my God, you poor bastard. But like I said, they did. They gave him a lot more fight. I appreciate it. I like best friends a lot, and I like seeing them do stuff. I sh- I was saying back in 2020 that they should be tag team champions sometime down, down the road because I, I think they are so freaking good. Like every other member of best friends has won a title. Orange Cassidy, and now Chris Statlander. Get Chuck and Trent some gold around their way sometime soon. Please. Like, I, 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 like, I like them so much. I, I have been very open about not liking how FTR has been booked as far as this first half of the year. Even I mean, they're the tag champs. Don't get me wrong. They, are, they have the belts. But there's a, you know, when you have the belts, there's a way to get booked when... You're, uh, you know, being really heavily featured. And then there's a way that, oh, you're just the champs. And 
I, I, I'm itching for FTR best, best friends rivalry. I like yeah, I, with I, the I, heel yeah, FTR yeah. dude, dude, yeah, it would be amazing. Yes, and honestly, I can see it kind of like the Briscoes. I can see the best friends not having to be heels. You know what I mean? Just having because they're so good. Chucky e. T is like one of those people. He doesn't look it. You see him looking down the street. He looks like a regular guy, but then he gets in the ring and it's like the dude can go. So I just think they can put on like a good series of matches if they wanted to. And it's just like there are people, and I'm hoping this happens with Collision, that there are good tag teams and good groups that aren't, you know, really featured. And I want them. I'm hoping you know FTR being there helps them get fee, uh, FTR and there being the new show helps more teams and more people get uh, featured. Yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. Um, now, after the match, though, Hangman and the Young Bucks appeared on screen and ca- challenged them to a match uh, at Washington, D.C. at next week's Dynamite, where Dynamite all began. said, can you do it without Brian? Can you do it without Takeshita? The choice is yours. So the Hung Bucks making the challenge uh, out towards the BCC. And this, um, this actually made me very happy, uh, you know, you know, Again, I was in Washington, D.C. for the first show, so I'm glad that they're getting back. But, you know, you got the elite. You got the elite. You know, the Hung Bucks, I know they have their own name, and Blackpool Combat Club. It's like, you can put these, any combination of these three and four, you know, two, whatever you want to do, and they're going to put on a great match. Willa Yuta, like, last year was like, he showed he's as good as whoever's across the ring from him, right? So the, it used to be like this clear down slide, but he has taken this big step up. So I'm really looking forward to it. I like that the Bucks and Hangman were angry, and I love that they're sticking with Brandon Cutler as the person that records their interviews. All that stuff is just all like, this is all like first-year AEW stuff being combined with kind of the new AEW stuff, and it's good. Now, I can say this. I would like to see Willow Yuta in a singles match against Nick or, Nick or Matt Jackson. I think it'd be a banger. I, I'd like to see more of these four, like the, the not Kenny and the Mox. Of course, you, you save Kenny and Mox, but like maybe Claudio versus Hangman. You know, like more of these matches through the summer. But again, we got a long summer, so more than likely we're going to get them. But I, I just want to see those. Yeah, no, I want to see those two for sure. We then had my moment of the night. MJF comes out and talks about how he's contractually obligated to show up to Colorado, and he said he nearly offed himself when he got that news. Um, And he said, look, no competition. I'm bored. And if there's anybody who knows about being bored, it's me, because I'm in a boring place like Colorado, and I'm bored because there's no competition in AEW. And then Adam Cole's music hits. And then we got... One of my favorite things in AEW, which is just one-on-one promo battles between MJF and whoever. Whoever. It's always entertaining when I get to see MJF go one-on-one Dude, that, in that, a promo battle with somebody. And you put him up against Adam Cole? Yes. And he did basically... Now, okay, there was one thing I thought was missing as I critique MJF, who's taking all... The shots at uh, Adam Cole that he could. Uh, at the beginning of this, before he started going off on this thing, 
and maybe he said it and I don't remember it. I didn't watch that part back. But I'm like, man, it's time for story time with MJF, baby. That would have made me laugh. That would have been funny. Yes, he did he, not say that. He, it would have been funny. But he you know picked what? at every part of his career. Like, yeah. like stuff I kind of forgot about. <laughs> he didn't pick that. I'm just like it would have been. It would have been great, especially <laughs> since Adam didn't say it. It would have yeah, been awesome. Yeah, if, if yes, like Ooh, we're ready for story time with MJF, yeah, baby. baby. Yeah, it been great. But it, it, it's the, fine that we didn't get that though, yeah. because he cut them off for the Adam Cole, baby. Correct. That was huge heat. That, that's that's huge heat. This this man understands heat on such a level that I've heard someone say this. MJF is not a heel because people love him, right? It's funny. It's because it's like if you've ever seen a villain in a movie that is just so good. I'm talking Heath Ledger in The Dark Knight, right? That's so good, right? That, and you know, in wrestling is performance art. And MJF is so good at this art. That it kind of makes you hard, it hard to hate him, right? The thing that he would have to do to hate him would make you literally like hate him and want him never to be on your screen again. It's like, and you know, when you're playing a bad guy, I'll use that term in 2023, you have to be careful not to go too far, right? That's that's why I think Jeff Jarrett's so good. Like that dude gets monster heat. And he never goes too far, right? He never has right. to talk about your dad, dead dad. Jeff Jarrett is just heat from the moment he walks out of the building, right? So MJF is like, dude, dude, this like this promo is perfect heel promo. He said everything bad and dastardly that you were supposed to say, but the thing he said the most, the moment I took away from it, and now I'm gonna let you go through this thing, when he uses the promo that everyone said buried Karrion Cross. Yup. He used the exact same words to put down Adam Cole as a person that I was watching the Adam Cole do that to Karrion Cross. I don't know if it was live because that might have been still Wednesdays at that point, but I remember watching it and like, dude, I can't believe they let him say that promo. They are literally, I'm like, they are like, gonna bury him on tv right and he uses those same words to try to drop adam cole adam cole is so good at this he was able to come back so i'm gonna let you take it from here but i had to throw out that one part because i just thought it was such a master class in heel work dude he said like this company people say this that what's happening with adam cole is not his fault this company is not showcasing him right and he said you don't have a goddamn clue what you're talking about this company has done everything in its power to make you cool. Cool music, cool entrance. You got the girl. You got everything. You know what they do to make MJF cool? They ring the freaking bell. It was, per- it was great. It was amazing. He went through. Uh, uh, he mentioned CM Punk being like, when he left me as a kid, I thought my fandom was over, but I flipped some channels and saw Ring of Honor. And I'm like, look, Ring of Honor sucked. I was about to change the channel. And then in walks Adam Cole, and I was genuinely hooked. You went to Florida, you shocked the system, and you were the greatest champion in that company. That is undisputed. And he said, yeah, the crowd was calling him a mark. And he's like, yeah, I was a mark for Adam Cole. He was that good. He said, I went to CZW, won gold. 
I became one of the biggest free agents in wrestling. And I knew when you made the jump, we'd have the rivalry of a lifetime, MJF versus Adam Cole. He's like, what happened to you, man? You used to be the Panama Playboy. Now you're the Panama Game Boy. Such a fucking good line. I, I had to mention that, too. said, Britt Baker keeps leaving the house with your balls in your purse. Did you, you used to have the physique of a world champion, but now you're so frail you make crack whores jealous. Um, and then he's like, look, I know there's a certain guy in Titan Towers named Vince McMahon said he's not, Adam Cole's not a top guy. And, um, uh, he's like, how could not, how could he not see that? And I'm like, you know what? I'm standing in the ring right now. And I think Vince was right. Easiest way for you to become heel in AEW. Agree with Vince McMahon. And then Adam Cole's response was, you're acting more so like instead of the great MJF, you just come across as a toxic social media troll. And then also mentions like, dude, you're a world-class douchebag. I understand why your fiance left you. So there you go. Drop that bomb on him again. It's like, oh, yes, we have to talk about my body. I haven't heard that one before. But it's like, you know what? We want to go down that role. How about we both go backstage, pee in a couple cups, and see who's natural and who's not? Oh, wait, you don't want to do that. I was like completely caught off guard when he did that. I was like, wow. And he's like, look, no one respects you. There's not a single person in the back that respects you. And I've traveled the globe and shared locker rooms, and those guys and girls respect me. And he's like, oh, no, I'll go cry in, my, in all my money about how no one respects me. And MJF says, a lot of tough talk coming from Keith Lee's manager, tying into what Vince saw Adam Cole as, Keith Lee's manager. And he's like, there it is. You're a false narrative because you're afraid to fight me. If you wanted to fight me, you would just say, like, what are you going to do about it? And it's like, you're a coward. And look, you won't fight me because I'm better than you and they know it and mjf was like i will wrestle you any day of the week and beat your ass and he's like that boy champ we got ourselves a match and adam cole leaves just such a fucking good promo such a great segment like this was on the like i compare it to how good the thanksgiving episode of dynamite was when mjf and cm punk went head to head on the mic it was that level of good honest to god they did such Great work. MJF healing it up like crazy. Adam Cole, just so good at what he does. He's just so good. Like, he has become such a favorite of mine. Like, I, I he was one of my favorites in NXT. And then when he came into AEW, I knew he was like, I loved him so much. But I was waiting, like, for the feud that really made him, like, just jump into people's minds being like, yeah, that is a champion, a world champion, a top guy. And I know that Adam Cole is going to do amazing stuff in this feud. Like, he's literally one of my favorites right now. And it's pretty damn amazing seeing Adam Cole, Adam Cole in this situation. Uh, and I'm so hyped for this feud, dude. I, I can't even stand it. It's going to be amazing. I hoped with my whole heart that this was the June 21st match. I really did. I was like... Maybe they build out. I mean, MJF doesn't wrestle a lot. So I was like, maybe they save MJF and Adam Cole for Chicago. Maybe, just maybe they save it for Chicago because my boy Tyler is one of the biggest Adam Cole fans on this earth. 
Mm-hmm. And he, I mean, and that's like that trip, that's his birthday present. Us going on that trip is his birthday present. So it would have been like a home run, slam dunk, you know, touchdown, all the different sports phrases you want to use for him to be able to see his favorite wrestler main event to show on the show that we're going to. But alas, they announced it for another time. But uh, this promo, next level Adam Cole. This is NXT Adam Cole. I mean, yes. I know, I know he's not a bad guy, but this is NXT Adam Cole. This is the guy that when MJF won the title, and of course what we do, as soon as someone wins the title, we speculate who's going to beat for him. And my, I've only had one guess from the very beginning. It's Adam Cole, baby. So that's the thought. I was like, the way uh, the comeback was being shot, the way they were featuring him on, uh, featuring him on the TV, that he was next. Now I want to show. I want to say something. When people think AEW doesn't link, uh, think long term, doesn't think storytelling. There were two major people really spotlighted on the reality show. The two major couples: Sammy Guevara and Ty, Adam Cole and Britt. Right? The, yeah. Who were MJF's first two challengers? Really, like. Who was the next two challengers like after the show when that show was going off? Sammy got his ma- match at Double or Nothing, the pregnancy announcement. I'm not saying they playing that, but you know that that ended up just being fortunate. And now yeah. he goes right into Adam Cole, who just had a show that probably introduced some people that weren't really familiar with Adam Cole and built him a solid fan base. And now, even, now I'm talking about beyond you know us nerdy wrestling fans but people that would just tune in and they like got to know adam cole more now they love adam cole now they're rooting for adam cole and guess who's the next challenger after sammy gets his shot adam cole don't don't, don't pretend like AEW is not paying attention oh yeah just don't don't pretend like they're not paying attention because it's just lined up perfectly like doing while the show was in its episodes and they were talking about sammy a lot Sammy was building into the four pillars and they were talking about Adam Cole making this comeback. Now, right after the Sammy match is over, it's Adam Cole. Let's go. Adam Cole had just had his feud with Jericho and Jericho seems to be that guy right now. He's the guy before the guy. You wrestle Jericho and then you move on to MJF or you move on to the next thing. Unfortunately, Ricky Starks did kind of work backwards from that. He had his match with MJF, then he worked with Jericho. But, you know, it seems to be Jericho's the guy before the guy. And Adam Cole did his thing with Jericho. Now he's about to do his thing with MJF. And, you know, it's going to be some, they're going to put some amazing matches on. And I'm looking forward to it. No question about it. Uh, Quick backstage segment where uh, Matt Hardy introduced his new employee, Ethan Page, and him and uh, Jeff were being like, look, we see potential. We think you can put your ego aside and become a better man. Brother Zay would moan in his ear. And so, Continuing this feud, um, trying to make Ethan Page a babyface. Don't like this. Don't like this, personally. I think this whole contract thing that we've been doing with the Hardys and Ethan Page has been tiresome. And if you're honest to God trying to take a guy like Ethan Page, who is just so naturally good at being a heel, and you're trying to make him likable, I don't want to see that. I just, I just don't. 
Tell me you have no plans with someone without telling me you have no plans for this. Someone. Seriously. Like, That's these... what this whole thing has felt like to me. Like, we have no plans, but we can do this until this. But yeah. they haven't got to the what what we're waiting on until yet. And it's just like, I love Ethan Page. I, I, I have an unrelenting love for Ethan Page. And I think he is miscast in this role. And I, I think there's a a Golden Hill group, BC Gold, that he seemed to be go a little bit better with than what's going on right now. Yeah. Uh, moving on, though, Texas Tornado tag match between Jungle Boy Jack Perry and the FTW champion Hook versus La Faction Ingrombanable. Uh, I said that so wrong. Uh, Press Advance and Drillistico. Um, these guys immediately started beating the hell out of each other into the crowd. Hook just like beating up on Preston Vance in the like in the stands, um, and Preston got busted open as there was a point where Hook took a chain and put it around his hand and then just knocked him in the face and like tons of blood coming out of Preston Vance's skull. Um, and eventually, though, Drillistico uh, was able to get some good stuff trying to go after Hook, but eventually. Uh, Vance was able to try to get the uh, chain around Hook's neck. And then Jose, the assistant, comes up. And then that's when uh, Jungle Boy Jack Perry uh, breaks, uh, 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 comes up and he gets, the, uh, he gets rid of uh, Jose, the assistant, and puts the snare trap on Drillistico while the red rum is put on, uh, on uh, Jose. And Drillistico taps out because of Jack Perry. Um, Decent bounce back match for Jungle Boy, giving him something to kind of do at least after his big loss at Double or Nothing, um, and it's just kind of a thing to kind of pad some time until we see like what is next for Jungle Boy. Which, what do you? I will ask this of you, Floyd. What do you think should be next for Jungle Boy right now? Jungle Hook. I think that should be next. I. You think, think Jungle Hook is legit? Yeah. What they should go with from this point onward? Yeah, and I think they should win, and then they. I think at some point. I don't know if it'll be a fuel on few, but at least a match with FTR and see what we go from from there if the excitement builds up. I mean, honestly, Jungle Hook is what like eighties, eighties, early nineties tag teams were built on. Two very young, good looking guys, and you know they both don't talk, so they have that in time, and so that that actually works. They both have that uh, unspoken kind of charisma. Uh, I would like to see. I would like to see them have some sort of manager because, you know, at some point someone needs to speak and they're both, right. I mean, I don't know if even Hook's good at it. He doesn't say anything. I literally, I, I don't know if Hook's a good promo or not because he doesn't say words. I mean, he might, he might end up talking and be basically like the second coming of his dad and just make every hair on my skin rise. I don't, I don't know what he can do at this point. And then, but I know Jungle Boy. Bores me the tears on the mic, so I'd rather him not talk. But again, I, I will say this about Jungle Boy until I'm blue in the face. When he's in between those ropes, I never question him. Mm -hmm. Ever. So if you want to give me a young, up-and-coming, good-looking tag team like Jungle Hook versus FTR, Jungle Hook versus, you know, maybe uh, Roosh 
and uh Roosh and uh the long long forgotten Andrade come out and they battle with them for a while, you know. That would be uh, solid. Uh, yeah, uh, like a second, you know, like almost like a second tier feud as they get ready for whoever the champions are. You can do whatever you want to do, but I think right now Jungle Hook is a great way for them to go for right now. Yeah. All right. I I, I was just curious about what you thought because I I know we're just kind of in the waiting period of what is next for Jungle Boy. Um, we then had Kanosuke Takeshita come out, beat up on Damon Ace, but more so continues the mega blood heat of Don Callis. We weren't able to talk about it last week, but oh my God, this, the way this man gets heat is just outstanding. The way that they, on this match too, continued to show the turn uh, from Double or Nothing of of Takeshita on Kenny Omega, and they just kept it playing during the match with Damon Ace. I love that. Don Callis couldn't get a word in. I said before when we were in Detroit, Christian had amazing heat. I couldn't hear a word he was saying in the arena. Now, when I was watching it back on TV, I could hear it, but when I was in the arena, I couldn't hear what Christian was saying for most of the time because the crowd was so loud. On TV, I can barely hear what Don Callis is saying because the heat is that loud that it translates even harder through television. It's ridiculous. So Takeshita tells the crowd to shut up in Japanese. And then Don Callis was like, this time I will be heard. I'm not going to get shut up by you people. I'm you. I will be heard. And he's like, you may not like it, but I'm telling you the truth about Kenny Omega. But everything he has in his life is because of me. This is Kenny's fault. Everything the elite has is because of me. Kenny beat Will Ospreay because of me. He's been a cancer in my body, and what do you do with cancer? You cut it out. And me and my family are going to cut the elite out of this company for good. Uh, yeah, the heat is just astronomical for Don Callis and Kenoste Takeshita. Um, it's quite amazing just like how unbelievable this is going to be when eventually we get this going after uh, the elite and then I just want to see Koto Ibushi come and see his golden lover yet again and chase off Kanosuke. Make sure you check out uh, Takeshita's new shirt on Shop AEW. Oh, it's that dope. It, it will be one that I'll be purchasing because, you know, he got his shout out to Cinnabon on it, which is the greatest. But um, no, this is nuclear. Like, next level. I, we, we hate you, Don. But we hate you even more because we love Kenny so much heat. And understand, as much as Don deserves this heat and he is really good at it, this is coming from uh, this is coming from a tremendous love for Kenny Omega. I I just think that was uh, yeah, I think it was just very evident, so loud, and it's like man, the crowd was so loud. And I loved it. I, I, I completely love this segment. I love Hill Takeshita. I love him speaking at like it's like I can say this, you know, I've never had a problem with the whole Japanese uh thing or anything like that. But him yelling at you in a language you don't understand just just you know, breathes just screams heat. 
That is that's heat. I'm yelling at you in this language you don't understand. He could be saying, man, have a very nice day. I know there's Japanese translating people out there to actually tell you what you say. You can go find it on uh you can go find it on uh Twitter if you want. But the fact that he's just yelling at you angry in a different language, heat. It's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Then Christian Cage, I uh, was getting like the worst kind of uh uh call you could get a, a door knock from alex marvis and comes out of christian cage's uh locker room and christian says look you arn anderson screwed me and took away my tnt title chance so for me to take something it was time for me to take something from you and hey your, your son brock got you a very nice early father's day presence the door opens and luchasaurus comes out and it, brock anderson had been beaten up uh by luchasaurus uh, Marvez then called for medical assistance. So uh, I cannot wait to see what Arn Anderson's response is to this. Um, and I love the way that they've gone after this blood feud. And also, Brock exists. He had been gone for so long, but he does still exist. So for those of you who are worried that he had disappeared or something, there's Brock. Brock Anderson is back. Yes. And bloodied yeah. on the ground. Yes, Brock Anderson. Beaten up and bloody on the ground. kind of awesome. You know, and I love it. Christian's going at him. I love that Christian's going at him. He's like, he can't, he can't go straight at Warlow. Warlow's too big, too strong, too athletic, uh, too big, too strong. But he has to play the mental game, and now he's going at him through Arn. So that's awesome. Yeah, absolutely awesome. We then uh, got the new. We got uh, the TBS Championship Open Challenge match between Chris Statlander and Anna JAS. Uh, it was a good match, I will say. Um, I love the fact that uh, Chris Satlander, uh, she did it last week, but they were able to actually keep it on camera for the whole time, how she uses sign language to say new TBS champion. That is amazing. My sister actually uh, learned sign language, so seeing Chris Statlander do that was awesome. Um, Daddy Magic getting involved was always it was super entertaining. But uh, Anna JS got the Queen Slayer on, but regardless... Statlander got up and was able to get her in a tombstone pile driver and pin her that way. Um, and there was also points where they cut backstage. Taya Valkyrie was upset, clearly because, you know, like Floyd said, he just she just jumped the line and immediately got a TBS championship match. Very reasonable reason for her to be upset. So, look, there's the reasoning. They're going to turn Taya heel, and then we're going to get Chris Statlander versus Taya Valkyrie. And... There's a reason now that like the story reason why she jumped the line and she won the title at double or nothing that way. We're getting a reason for it. Are you okay now? Uh, n- no. <laughs> like, I, like again, I don't have any problem with Chris Statlander being champion. What that makes sense is it didn't feel like this star making you finally beat the unbeatable person moment. It just didn't. That's what I'm saying. That's what I've always said. I'm like, I'm actually bored with the argument for me because it's never about who it was. I accepted it who it was going to be six months ago. It was like how they did it. To me, it was supposed to be this performance, star making, you killed the monster moment. And I don't feel like it was that. It's like you put beat up a weekend wrestler moment. Maybe that's just how I took it. Maybe it did everything it was supposed to do for everybody other than Floyd. I can live with that. You know, you I can live with that. But like I said, but no, uh, 
And then Taya, and Taya coming in, I've actually always preferred uh, heel Taya over face Taya. So I've actually, I'm going to enjoy this much more. Again, they presented her for the first time at Double Nothing, like the big deal that I'd seen her prevented in it. I was like, for her, it's like, I mean, I think she's fine as a wrestler, but I, it's always been everything else that goes with Taya. Her promos, the the over uh, the the backstage segments, the over she always come over as an over the top type competitor. And like I said, we saw a little bit of that in Double or Nothing. Maybe as she leans more towards her bad guy side, we'll even get more of that in AEW and the Ty Valkyrie that I liked in Impact, the Ty Valkyrie that I liked in uh, uh, NXT will shine more uh, shine more through. Yeah, well, well, I'm excited to see how it turns out. But we get into the main event, Absolute Ricky Starks versus Switchblade, Jay White, with Juice Robinson and FTR banned from ringside. These guys kicked the fucking doors off the place, I will say. Really, really, really good match. Um, the way that uh, Ricky Starks just like really gets himself fired up after he hits that spear, and he hits it so freaking well. Um yeah, this is a good main event match. Um, not better than the opening match, I will say. Still, that one was probably match of the night for me, I would say. Um, but Jay White uh, was able to try to go for the Blade Runner, but Ricky but then proceeded to get a DDT, nearly got a near fall. Uh, however, Jay White got a really great uh, job uh, before the first spear, countering it with a good knee. Um, and then Ricky Starks went for the Rochambeau, Hits the referee. I love me a bad referee cell. And that was one of my favorites. That was a great, just, oh, referee cell. Loved it. Um, but then, when the referee goes down, the guns come out. And they nail Ricky Starks uh, with the 310. And then that's when Jay White hits the Blade Runner and wins the match. So the guns come out and screw over Ricky Starks. And then Juice Robinson comes out fucking juice the way that he was celebrating with jay white was hysterical made me laugh so freaking hard um but yeah the guns have a problem clearly with ricky starks and i'm sure we'll find out about why uh next week uh somebody pointed out they're literally called the guns and the group they held is called the bullet club yep Quite interesting how that works out. <laughs> so like, Bullet Club Gold, I think, might be getting some new members. Yeah, I'm just like, it, nothing lines up better than that. Uh, I even said I have it uh, in my head. Like, uh, again, I'm going to speculation that nothing. The match was just announced last night, so I honestly couldn't have done anything or found out anything. But I just, like, have this twist of you know you know CM Punk Samo- against Samoa Joe in the group and at the end you know Joe loses and he's like shaking Punk's hand like oh yeah I love you and then like the guns come out and then they all four just jump the other four and it's just like man that's how the end of the show because it's like to me with Collision you need a big ending you you do it can't just end with CM Punk winning that's 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 boring. I mean, as much as I wanted, that would be boring. You, you're you going to have to start something that makes Collision absolute Washington. I'm like, oh, yeah, a nice little faction. You know, the first Dynamite, if you remember, ended with who? 
the inner circle becoming a thing. Yeah. So, you know, we can see where this goes. This is just Floyd's Floyd's wrestling mind and the the wheels turning. Nothing might ever come of it. It might they just might put on a really dope match and call it a day. But I even said it's like if you're gonna try to if your ultimate goal is to try to get a bunch of people that leave their house on Saturdays to stay home and watch wrestling, you're gonna need something pretty special to make that happen. Oh yeah. Yeah, I, I'm old. I, I don't ever go anywhere on Saturdays. <laughs> the only places I go on Saturdays are to wrestling shows. So I have no problem staying home <laughs> watching uh, Collision. But unfortunately, I don't represent most of America. So they're going to have to do something special to keep everybody indoors on Saturday night. So that's just like I said, the guns coming in. It got my wheels turning. It's like, oh, so how does that play in it? And how is this playing into this? It's, it's called being a wrestling fan. That's why I always say when people say just to watch the show, I, I, I don't I don't know what that means. Because speculating, moving forward, guessing, that's, you know, all the things that you do, that's to me all a part of being like the a wrestling fan when you're an actual fanatic you're always wondering what's coming next yeah absolutely i'm i'm super super excited about it but that was aew dynamite live from colorado um looking at rampage for this week we got a lot to look forward to uh we got bandito and the lucha bros teaming up to face big bill lee moriarty and ethan page uh we then have a four-way for a number one contendership match for the AEW Women's World Championship, Britt Baker versus Nyla Rose versus Mercedes Martinez versus Sky Blue. Uh, we're also going to get Powerhouse Hobbs in action, and then the acclaimed and Billy Gunn will be facing Serpentico, Luther, and Angelico. Um, honestly, more so than anything, I nearly forgot Angelico was on the roster still. Um, good to see the dude. Um, but yeah, you got some good stuff looking forward to on... Uh, Rampage, specifically that four-way for the uh, number one contendership for the women's title, looks like it will be pretty damn good. And Helico is one of those people. You know how you know you have these people you get behind, and then they don't turn out. You know, you're like, oh man, they're gonna really do something with Helico. Early on, I was in Helico guy. I was like, man, Helico is gonna be. The thing, and I liked him and Jack Evans when they were together, and I figured and Helico would eventually turn on Jack Evans, and they push him a little harder. None of that seemed to work out the way I wanted to, so in Helico's, yeah, he's the guy that you have to be reminded still works there, so... Luther, another one. I mean, I know he. That's another one. Just, just the whole chaos project. Yes. Yeah, I know Luther's, a, you know, backstage. A lot. I think all three of them do more backstage. I think they are, yeah. Than they do wrestle, but yeah, it's like, oh. Yeah, and it's it's like these matches, right? So you're watching Rampage. And again, Rampage and Collision are going to have a lot of the same kind of comparisons, except Rampage does come out on later Friday night instead of doing primetime Friday night. But they're going to have a lot of comparisons. People go out on Fridays. They go to the movies. They go to the clubs, bars, whatever they do, events, reunions, all the shit's thrown on Friday nights, right? So you're trying to get someone to change how their mind thinks well instead of doing this maybe i push my plans back a couple hours and watch wrestling yeah that's not the match that makes me you know right <laughs> that match doesn't make me say hey you know what maybe i could not sleep like i'm going out to dinner for my uh my one of my birthday dinners this weekend and i'm going out to dinner tomorrow night 
Nothing on this match has made me say, maybe I should stay in and watch Rampage. Nothing. Nothing on this show. Right. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, yeah. Uh, for next week's Dynamite at Washington, D.C., said the first ever Dynamite, we get the Hung Bucks versus uh, BCC, Yuta, Mox, Claudio. MJF will face Adam Cole in a in a in a eliminator match. So if Adam Cole wins, he gets a future shot at the AEW World Title. Uh, Tony Storm will face the winner of whoever wins that four way on Rampage, and then we're also going to get the uh, Mogul Embassy versus Orange Cassidy, Darby Allen, Sting, and Keith Lee in an eight man tag match. Uh, so you got a lot. Uh, to look yeah. forward to there. Uh, so, on that I mean, side. that's a loaded dynamite. You know, that's a loaded dynamite. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is only MJF's third singles match of the year. Third, like, like of the, I mean, uh, fourth of the year. Uh, we had to look up who the fourth was. Like, apparently, he had an eliminate, eliminator with uh, Takeshita, and that was like his third match. So, this is only his, he is six months in. You know, to what is what seven, eight month reign, and this is only his fourth match this year, so that's a big deal getting to see MJF, you know, wrestle on TV or whatever. And then you got the Young Bucks and Hangman again. You look at those three; they could main event any Dynamite any week. That match could main event, so you got to load it. So if you're living in the DMV, make sure you check out. You make sure you go check out uh, Dynamite. You gotta again. I, I big early in the year uh, when I was starting the show, I definitely said stay vigilant. And honestly, you know what? Even you know, even my vigilance has kind of faded. And it's like AEW needs its fans. It's like again, uh, I will say this, not comparing the two, but if you're looking at it and you're just trying to want to watch WWE's printing money, no matter what, right? With their TV deals and all that stuff, WWE, they just got bought out by Endeavor. They're worth a trillion dollars or whatever stupid number it is. You tune in each week really doesn't affect the WWE. Right. Whether you watch AEW, whether you go to your shows, whether you buy their merch, affects them. You literally, I mean, it affects them more. So... Dude, when these shows come in on Wednesday and you got time and you got the money, I'm not talking about going into debt or anything stupid like that, but if you got the time and you want the money, make sure you're going to these shows. Make sure you're cheering and supporting everybody because there's an energy. I mean, there's everything to Dynamo, uh, AEW, and, you know, it kind of lost it a little bit, and, but this kind of thing can be gained back. You know, stay vigilant. Yeah, just stay vigilant. That's that simple. Um <laughs> We got a couple last things that we want to say uh, for uh, some headlines. So, Floyd, you want to go ahead and give some news and headlines? Yes. Uh, we got AEW Dynamite last night. Improvement numbers, 903,000 uh, 903, viewers. 0.33, number four in uh, cable original, 18 to 49. And that was against the NBA Finals. So, that's actually uh the i think the 18 to 49 was up from last week and that's good i don't really generally talk about ratings but it was a good number so pretty clearly positivity good number so we're going to talk about it uh then we got two big matches for forbidden door i had the pleasure of watching new japan dominion this sunday and uh will osprey defeated lance archer to become the number one contender for the new japan united states championship uh, that means, and then after the match, he immediately called out the current 
New Japan United States champion, which happens to be none other than Kenny Omega. I've seen oh, yeah. Him yet. So uh, we are at Forbidden Door, where Austin hopefully will be. I will do everything I can to make this happen. Uh, where Austin will hopefully be, it will be Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay. And then, after his six-man title defense, because, yes, Okada is a six-man champion in New Japan, which is weird. After they uh, won their match against Shota, uh, it was Shota, John Moxley, and Claudio, who literally his flight was delayed because of some kind of weather thing, and he probably got there to wrestle about 15 minutes before the match started, from what I understand. Uh, but after they was, they said, we got a little video package, and it was Brian Danielson, and he was challenging Kazuchika Okada, and he said, he's like, uh, I hear they call you the Rainmaker, but I'm going to drag you out to the desert where there is no rain. We're going to yep. see who's the best. And we had, so it looks like we're going to get Kenny Omega, Versus, I mean, no, no, excuse me, Kazuchika Okada, the other KO, versus Brian Danielson at Forbidden Door in Toronto. Also, uh, also, oh, uh, when Kazuchika Okada answered Brian Danielson, he literally cut the promo in English, which he never does, to basically say he was going to kick Brian Danielson's ass. And there was a little stuff online from disingenuous people saying that there's no story. There's no story to Kazuchika Okada and Brian Danielson. There's no story. I'm like, okay. So, I'm going to tell you. Every year, one of the most popular NBA games. I'm going to use real sports. Most popular NBA games of the year is the All-Star Game. Literally. It's the East versus West for most of my life. They've changed it different ways to make it excitement. There's really no story. It's These are the best players from the East playing against the best players from the West. And it's awesome because it's best on best, right? Well, the New Japan AEW Forbidden Door, because it is a dual company show. What I would suggest is you start thinking of it as an all-star game. But the only difference I would say, too, is that unlike the NBA All-Star game where they're clearly, like, not playing hardcore defense or actually trying to win the game for their team, this time they're trying to – these guys are trying to kick each other's head in. Yes. So, but I'm saying what you're going to get is the best from New Japan against the best from AEW. Because of that, that being the story of the event, every match, no matter what, has a story. Because it's one of AEW's best, one of New Japan's best. That's the story. Anything they add thing is like an ancillary story. But the main story, it's company versus company. You got Kenny Omega from AEW, the best bout machine. Probably the best in-ring performer in AEW. You know, you can argue within with a two or three other people, right? Then you got Will Ospreay. Literally. More five-star matches than pretty much anybody ever, right? He's he's literally like the New Japan. He he kind of stepped up into the Kenny Omega best bout machine after Kenny Omega new, uh, left. So you got what the two of the better unring performers from both companies going against each other. Added benefit, it's actually for a title. It's for yes. the New Japan United States title. Then you have, again, 
one of the best performers in the world in AEW, Brian Danielson. A lot of believe, a lot of people believe he is the best American wrestler ever of the modern ages. He is the best American wrestler. This is like experts have said this against Kazuchika Okada, the once in a generation. Some people may say the best Japanese wrestler in history yes. or definitely the best Japanese wrestler in the last 20 years. And they're wrestling each other. What other story do you need? Do you need them to tell you all of this? Because if you need them to tell you all this, you weren't you weren't ordering the pay-per-view in the first place. Right. <laughs> you you were a non-buy because you don't know who these people are. But to anybody that watches New Japan, watches AEW, was definitely at All In because Kazuchika Okada was there. And, you know, at any of these shows, understand the history of AEW doesn't happen without Kazuchika Okada. It doesn't. You know, Brian Danielson and what he's done is amazing. And, you know, like ROH and a lot of the uh, independence of the 2000s don't happen without him. So these are guys that have been doing this on an elite level for a very long time. And hardcore wrestling fans, kind of casuals know who it is. So if you're the person saying you don't know who Kazuchika Okada is, you're saying more about you than you're saying about the other people. I got to ask, too, because um, it's considered like I consider personally like WWE Survivor Series to be their kind of all star uh, show. The hell is the story going in for a lot of those Raw versus SmackDown matches? Uh, it's the Raw guy versus SmackDown guys. Brain supremacy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So this is the AEW New Japan show, and you're asking what the story is for an AEW versus New Japan guy. Does it? Do you realize how fucking stupid that sounds? It, 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 it literally hurt my head that people were making these arguments. And then people said these are disingenuous. They're just looking for a way to try to bring AEW and New Japan down. And it's like, smack me in the head and call me stupid. Obviously, that's what it is. Because I couldn't think of that any reasonably, mind, reasonably minded person would actually make the argument that these matches had no stories when these two matches probably have more story than any match you're going to represent through the rest of the show. Mm-hmm. Like, I even say, when you if you do uh, Bishimon against FTR, everybody's like, oh, that's not a story. FTR losing streak at the beginning of this year, basically the end of the losing streak was against Bishimon at Wrestle Kingdom where they lost the New Japan Tag Team titles. There's a story. I could keep going. There's stories everywhere. I heard a rumor that Austin's going to get one of his dream matches where he might get Kenta versus CM Punk. Come on, man. You don't need no damn stories. They're there. They're there. They're there. You just open your fucking eyes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not rocket science. It's not Rest brain surgery. Wrestling at its core is very simple. So, like, it's that's simple, yeah. guys. It's that simple. <laughs> I, you know what? Fine. I will tell you the story for Brian Danielson versus Kazuchika Okada. If you can tell me what the hell was the story for Survivor Series 2021 when Roman Reigns faced Big E, what was the story? Because I sure as hell don't remember. It was Raw versus SmackDown, it was Raw Champion versus SmackDown Champion. Yeah. Top Babyface Champion versus Top Babyface Champion. That was the storyline. What else do you need? Exactly. Yeah. I like audio. It's that simple. We'll but, leave it at that. Yes, but I have to get some sleep. 
yeah, <laughs> as do I. So yeah, yeah. we're going to wrap this episode up, guys. Thank you so much for listening to All Things Elite. We really do appreciate it. Be sure to go on Twitter and uh, give our boy Floyd Johnson Jr. Give him a happy birthday. He deserves it. He's amazing. He's my boy. I hope he has an amazing, amazing birthday. And like I said, hopefully I'll be able to see him in Toronto for Forbidden Door or in Chicago for Collision, one or the other. Because or both, if it's somehow uh, the gods smile upon me somehow, but mainly uh, Forbidden Door. I need to be there for that show. Um, but guys, make sure you are downloading this fine show on Google or Apple Podcasts, and you listen to us on Spotify or anywhere else. Give us a share where your friends, family, coworkers, wherever you wish, and also subscribe so you don't miss an episode. You leave a rating and review helps us out a ton, and follow us on Twitter at at elite pod. Don't forget to follow at Social Suplex who make this show possible and check out all the other shows they have on their network. I am at Austin Sumowitz, S-Z-U-M-O-W-I-C-Z. Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. And as I shut my door because my cats keep walking in and out of my room, um, I leave you with our good buddy and the soon-to-be birthday boy Floyd to take us home on this FTR CM Punk-filled episode of All Things Elite. Y'all are not ready for Collision. I promise you that. You're Go not, ahead, take it away, Floyd. Let me tell you, uh, I kind of did my ending at the beginning of the show, so I will just wish a happy birthday to my much younger birthday a birthday buddy, Deanna Perrazzo, who, uh, whose birthday is on the 10th. I actually I have no idea how old she turns, and I would not speculate uh, on that because I know better. Have eight sisters. I know better. But uh, happy birthday to Deanna Perrazzo and all the other people that have birthdays today. The awesome, awesome people that are known as Gemini's, including Mick Foley and my guy Drew Drew McIntyre, all have birthdays this week. And again, RIP to a legend, uh, to the hill, Mr. Iron Sheik. RIP to him. Uh, Definitely fortunate enough to meet him. Have a pop signed by him. I appreciate that. But uh, just like I did at the beginning of the show, I will tell you all to tell the people in your life that you appreciate them and that you love them. Uh, With my birthday, as I get older, I turn 42 this year. I don't know how many I have of them left. I've been gotten in great shape, so I can have plenty. So it it is nothing a health reason they'll do. I mean, it, many other reasons, but it won't be a health reason. I'm gonna work, keep working my ass off to improve that every day. But you don't know how many of you have left. Shit happens. Life happens, right? So make sure you're telling your friends and your family you love them every day as much as you can. Uh, that is, I mean, that is life to me. In life, you can do the money, you can uh, do the events, you can do all of the different things in life. But it's not about what you're doing or where you're doing it. It's about who you're doing it with. And it's like every event I've been to, every event I've been to is made so much more special, is made so much more significant by the people that I've been to the event with. And I might not be able to remember every match or every card or every minute of everything that I've been to. But somehow, anytime you ask me about a show I went to, I can tell you who I was there with because that's what matters more than anything. So with that, I leave you how I always leave you, whether it is home, work or school, always do your best to be elite.